Larry Wilmore here, host of the podcast, Larry Wilmore, Black Um Air. Now, in my latest episode, I talked to Senator Bernie Sanders about the state of the Democratic Party and the polarization happening in America and Trump's rise to power. And Trump picked up and he said, you know what? I feel your pain. The establishment is ignoring you. I, Donald Trump, I, of all people. I'm going to take on the establishment. Well, he lied, of course. Yeah. But that was his message. So you can hear this episode in full and subscribe to my show by searching for Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify Mobile, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, humanoids, before we get to the show today, a plea from the home office. We've got two really cool things for you to check out. One, right now, up on the Ringer YouTube page, or on... The Mask Man Show Twitter account, that's at Mask Man Show. You can check out this amazing, amazing video we did with a bunch of WWE superstars. Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, you got to check it out right now. And also, a little bit of warning, this Friday we're going to have a very, very special bonus episode of The Mask Man Show right here on The Mask Man Show feed, featuring longer form interviews with... Uh, with a couple of the people I just mentioned. Uh, and now, on with the show. Oh, yes! Welcome to the Masked Man Show. It's back. It's post-Backlash week. We're all basking in the glory of Backlash. Ooh, boy. I'm wow. sitting here in this room with my dear friend, Dave Schilling. And on the line, on the Titan line... Is uh, is is the, <laughs> the, the the most important man of this show's creation, Dan Saint Germain, uh, the king of sad style. How you doing, man? Great, man. Great to be back on the show. I haven't been here since. I mean, I haven't been on the show since like post mania. So, did you? I'm excited to be back. I need you to be really honest with me. You've been gallivanting the world. Uh, you're calling from from. Uh, yeah, man. I'm calling from New York right now. Not being oh, on the York. show, did you use that as an opportunity to stop paying attention to wrestling for any length of time? <laughs> I Well, here's the thing. It's been a little harder because I don't have DVR here. But I watched um, – I did watch uh, Backlash, most of it. I watched half of Backlash, and I did watch NXT. Um, I don't remember if I watched the uh, whatever the pay-per-view was before that. That was the House of Horrors one. Payback. I don't think I watched that one. It's payback no, last yeah. season, man. Yeah, you, payback last. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Now it's the backlash from the payback. <laughs> That's correct. Um. <laughs> so I I have uh, I've, I've been doing the highlights, but um, NXT was awesome. I, mean, yeah. I don't know where you want to start, oh, but we, that we, was that we, was we unreal. Will, we will definitely get into that. Um. The highlights, by the way, are great. I know I've gone, I know I've like praised just the WWE YouTube page in the past. I'm going to take an even harder stance this week and say WWE <laughs> Superstars is the best show that WWE produces <laughs> because you get some good matches that you weren't expecting, and you also get all the highlights from the from Raw and SmackDown. Uh, it's 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 just really wonderful stuff, and it's one hour of everything that's good, right? That's it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing, and you get you get cool like like divas matches that don't have anything to do with like the main event. Story Wait lines. a minute, divas. Sorry, women's wrestling. There matches. you go, dude. Jesus, man, we gotta edit that out. Yeah, not really. All right. So the big news of the week, <laughs> the big news of the week, without a doubt, is uh, is that we have a new WWE champion, and his name is Jinder Mahal. Uh, use his full name, the modern day Maharaja 
Jinder I kind of love that name, by the way. I, I'm, so into, I'm, so, I'm so stoked. I cannot believe it. It, it is maybe Maharaj. the greatest, greatest day of wrestling I've ever witnessed was, was Backlash. Um, it, it was actually, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a low bar. But this might this might have been my favorite Randy Orton match in some time. Yeah, kind of. Jinder Mahal was... Can we can we come I know I thought this for a while, but can we just come out and say it? Uh Randy Orton is bad. Ooh. I know that's a, I know that's a take. Anyone want he's he's not good. It's not fun to watch him wrestle. I don't like, think he's I'm bad. I'm so sick of the typical prototypical like, "Oh, he's a prototypical WWE guy." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay." Like show was show was Sean Stasiak and nobody wanted to watch him. <laughs> like he was great, he was great as the uh, Legend Killer, and he was great as the Chicken Shit uh, Triple H Lackey with Daniel Bryan. Um, but right now, like if I'm if I'm fucking marking hard when Jinder Mahal is winning a title, like that means that there's something wrong with Randy Orton. Yeah, the, the great. Like, it, the best part about Backlash, about that match in particular, uh, I was watching with my girlfriend. She was, um, she she's very interested in like crowd reactions and trying to suss out because like she gets a kind of skewed vi- vi- version of like what WWE is because like she sees me getting excited for the heels and just sort of like internalizes that they're baby faces without really knowing the terminology or whatever. And then so she'll ask why the crowd's doing a thing or whatever during the Randy Orton Jinder Mahal match. The crowd was chanting was really pro gender. Yeah, it was like thank you gender chance whenever he would hit Randy. Like it was the crowd was had turned on Randy from the get, and then but then when he won, that might have been that might have been a better crowd reaction overall than like Undertaker losing to Lesnar. Like the crowd could not believe that Jinder Mahal had just <laughs> become the champion. It was they, they loved it. People, it was a weird thing where people got silent, but then like. I looked at like when Jinder was on the table and he looked at the audience. People were like marking out; they were going nuts. Yeah, I don't think it. people were mad about it. I mean, there are obviously people that are are furious about this and think that he's a jobber. And you know, two months ago he was a jobber. Uh, but I'm happy, ironically, enjoying this because what else is there to enjoy on wrestling these days? It's been a month or two months of just really, really boring television. So why not give the belt to Jinder Mahal and? do something weird for a while. Yeah, I mean we've talked about it in a lot of different forms, but it's but like if if I feel like I'm totally at peace with the fact that the US title picture and now the money in the bank match is like the part of the show that we care about. And the, I mean as long as that exists, I'm not saying that should be the status quo, but like as long as that's happening, do we really mind that like Jinder versus Randy is the ma- we don't Presumably they'll get a rematch, but like Randy Orton wasn't on SmackDown, right? I mean, it was just the celebration of Jinder Mahal, which was, in its own, on its own, fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. It, it I, I loved the uh, the dancers at ringside who were obviously told just whatever you do, cheer for what he says. Raise your hands, look, smile a lot. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't ever lose eye contact with but, Jinder Mahal. And by the way, just. <laughs> By the way, just as a word to the wrestling, maybe this happened and I and I didn't and I didn't see it. But I'm disappointed in the internet, the, the the IWC, for not finding the casting call for like the Indian dance troupe, because that had to have been out there before Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure they they do it through like a shell corporation or something. So but people still, don't man, I mean that should have like that. Someone, someone should have raised that. That should have been a, like a like an alarm bell going off. I was very proud because I watched that. Uh... 
I watched that, um, you know, the SmackDown, his uh, championship um, celebration over. I was really proud because there was a point where Jinder Mahal said something like, you didn't want an Indian to be champion. And then everyone in the audience was just kind of like, what? Not really. (laughs) There was a moment where he was like trying to get demophobic. And everybody kind of looked around and was like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, I don't think Vince understands like what I, I, I used to think that he didn't understand like what a Sikh was. He's, but I don't think he understands what Indians are. Jinder Mahal might like, be might be doing more for like that for race relations in America, at least for Indians, than anything up to this point. Because like he's like the crowd is booing him, and then he's just like, "Yeah, you didn't want Indian," and they're like, "Oh wait, no, actually, I don't have a problem with that. You're not one of the people that I hate for no, you know, for an irrational reason." Um, but you yeah, know, it's, it's it's really bizarre because like you know I was. Um, there was some article, I don't know, was it the Ringer Cage that said, Bleacher Report, I'm sorry, guys, I know that you write for two of those places. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is It is funny when you look at, like, like you know, the like how much of Indian really is uh, Punjabi and how much is Sikh, and you're like, this is, it's like a two, it's like 2% of the population. Like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of really prominent, like, you know, like, uh, like Punjabi politicians and, 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 and gold medalists and stuff like that. But, like, it really is a very small – so it's kind of funny that, like, it, it's just so odd. It's impossible to get heel heat, you know, on, on the guy because everyone kind of at this point, like, no. Like, if they really want to do it, like, accurate, they would do, like, the post-9-11 thing. And every time someone got hit from the side, they would run up to uh, Jinder and be like, you did this. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm Sikh. I'm not Al-Qaeda. It's different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? uh- no, but the like accidental heel. Yeah, my, my favorite like failure of the heel formula. And by the way, I love the fact that it's not getting over as much as they want it to. It, I mean, he he's over as a heel because because he you know, he's perceived to not deserve the spot. Right. But the but what I love about like the the fail the failure like the xenophobia fail is that he'll be like, you didn't want India to become champion, and everyone's like, meh, but a little bit of booze, and he's like, or, you don't like me because of the way I look, that's it, and they're just like, yeah, okay, I guess, and he's like, you don't like me because of the way I talk, and everyone's just like, I don't understand what you're saying, you, like, you, like, I do understand what you're saying, there's no accent here, you talk, you have a vaguely Canadian lilt to your voice, like, well, that's it. people do. You're literally pe- from Calgary, your <laughs> uncle trained with Stu Hart. People do hate him for how yeah. he looks, and it's because... His muscles are popping out of his skin. He hasn't looked that big (laughs) for that long. Um, Oh, my God. Have you seen pictures of him in, like, even 2015? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I think WWE, I'm going to just start the conspiracy theory, had something to do with changing his Wikipedia profile picture because the one that was on there was just, like, just just looked like me with my shirt off, which is not saying much. We should have a a funeral for Jinder Mahal's dad bod one day. (laughs) Exactly. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's a. This but it's is weird. It's, it's become this thing, and like I, I disagree. Like he, he does deserve. If you know, if your spot was like literally the biggest thing he did one year was he was with a three man band and he got beat up by Brock Lesnar, like <laughs> as a filler moments before Lesnar's feud. Like, so the guys, the guys earned it in some way. I mean, he's eaten a lot of shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, and weirdly, a lot so. of the stuff that he's doing. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, he was he did a lot of different things in WWE, but you know, we give all this all the props to the indie guys that come up and sort of like revolutionize WWE. But he was a lot of the stuff he's doing now. He was doing on the indies before he got signed. Most recently, you know, I mean, he 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 worked a lot of shows. He, uh, I don't know if, if he paid his dues, but yeah, I mean, he's. Listen, for everybody that says, and it's funny because it keeps coming up that like he's their he's WWE's ticket into India, you know, and they and that was. 100% what WWE was thinking when they signed him 
six years ago or however long it was when he first popped up. It was longer than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he was if he was just getting this push because he's just a ticket into a new market, he wouldn't have been in three man band for all that time. He wouldn't have been jobbing on superstars to Darren Young four months ago. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. It is interesting that this has been given as a rationale for his push, but like you said, he has not had any of that momentum up until just right now. So when did they decide they wanted to do this? At what point did the business model make sense? When did they get a broadcast deal? All of these things are business uh, issues that we don't really have any sort of understanding of or knowledge of. But it it all just seemed like it came together so fast. Yeah. And, and then all they did was they just gave him Alberto Del Rio's old gimmick. Yeah. Here, wear a suit and one thing that seems vaguely ethnic and go out and cut a boring, not boring, but like a long, meandering 20-minute promo about how you're better than everybody else. It's working, though, in a way that it never did for Del Rio. Or not never, but like it didn't stick with him. Well, I just think it's funnier. <laughs> just something also, funny he's not, about Jinder Gender Mahal. Gender's not doing like the like he's not playing up being a millionaire or anything like True. that. True. It's more like Tiger Ali saying mixed with Muhammad Hassan, mixed with Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Three of the legends of WWE. Um the, the Mount Rushmore of xenophobic heels and suits. Yeah, and I but I think the really well, like we, I've, we've said it before, kind of my favorite part is that the xenophobia is what's falling flat. It's really that people don't think he deserves the spot. I mean, I wrote about it uh, on the Ringer last week, but that's the, I mean, it, it's it, in 2017 when every heel on the roster is basically like or is beloved because they're a heel. That the, the only people who are functionally heels to the at least to the people who are you know people like uh, fans like us, the only people who are functionally heels are failed baby faces who are perceived to be getting pushed too hard. Roman Reigns, John Cena, I mean, even everyone's coming around on Cena, but if Roman Reigns turned heel, we would be pro-Roman Reigns, right? So the only, like, the, really the only way you can find this, you can manufacture this sort of heat is to push Jinder Mahal to the top. Yeah, kind of, I mean, th- that's not uh But then people crazy. cheered for him. Yeah, there were a lot you of gender ch- chants both at Backlash and at SmackDown on Tuesday night. But man, those reactions when he won... I just you you can't overlook that like the crowd was literally like like it was the look of someone who who is just like walked in on their parents having sex <laughs> like it was the, it, I couldn't keep track of all of the faces that they I understand that but they really weren't cheering like huge swaths of the audience were cheering after. I there, was there's I there's a contingent of the audience that's active on the internet that has turned this into like a, a you know, kind of a a cause for them uh, is pushing Jinder Mahal, and it, it's ironic to a certain degree. But I think there's a, a level of actual affection for this guy that yeah has has developed over time, and and I think there's going to be in the same way that Braun Strowman is popular for a really weird, unquantifiable reason. I think Jinder Mahal is going to, to find that. I, I, actually, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right because I think for all the uh, for all the, the online chatter about Ginger's physique and and uh, not deserving the push and whatever else, um, there is a even for the smarkiest of smarks, there is a very Pavlovian aspect to professional wrestling. And when you see Braun Strowman come to the ring and destroy five jobbers, and when you just look at a dude who looks like Ginger Mahal, like you have a reaction that you can't necessarily put into words, but it's like what wrestling is built on yeah it's it's strange and wonderful and in at the same time i don't get it 
I agree. It's uh, it, it is very it's very strange, and uh, but it's uh, it, you know I think part of it too is just you know we all as wrestling fans we bitched for years about how the CM Punk and the Daniel Bryan they weren't getting the push that we wanted, right? And then all of a sudden now like every Raw main event it's like Samoa Joe, you know <laughs> Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, all these like indie favorites, and they're all awesome. But the truth is. They've got a lot of things that are similar about one another, and and as a wrestling fan, one thing that one of the reasons Vince was so huge in the '80s is that he had like, hey, this guy's the cop, hey, this dude is the barbarian, this dude is the money man, this guy works for the IRS. There was like every character was different, and having somebody like Braun Strowman or Junior Mahal, these are very different type of characters. So you just have a little bit of relief, you know. Right now, what we want as wrestling fans. This is just so funny. This is why, like, Vince is smarter than every indie fan. Is that like what we want? Is we want something different, man? It's it's why we got annoyed when there was just too much of the Sheamus types, you know. Now, now we want now we want those big different like these big body types and these guys that look like they're gods, you know. We don't want you know like. You know, it looks like somebody else who would go to a mountain goat show with you. You know, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> correct. Um, when I uh, I interviewed Daniel Bryan when he was still wrestling a long time ago, and he said the same thing. He was just like Daniel Bryan wouldn't work without the big show there, without you know all these other like it's a it's a carnival sideshow at the, you know at its core. You know, and there, and and there, we do need the different types. I was actually struck. Speaking of carnivals, I was actually struck this weekend. You know, I everything goes back to wrestling in my brain, but this weekend was the last. The last ever performance of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, um, which which I yeah. think probably leaves WWE as like the like the biggest like the longest lasting touring troupe in America. Probably, Absolutely. I mean, defined somehow. But the but there was an interview with a dude who worked for Ringling Brothers, and it was like really kind of heart t- like heart, like it was it was affecting. He was just like when we stopped with the with the performing elephants, like we knew some people would be disappointed because they cut those out last year or something like that. He was like, when we stopped doing Performing Elephants, we knew there'd be people who were disappointed, but, like, we didn't foresee this. And basically, like, when the elephants stopped, when they when they got rid of the elephants, people stopped coming, and they had to shut down. And I, and I immediately thought of wrestling because the, you know, the Ringling Brothers still had the clowns, and they still had the acrobats and all that kind of stuff. They still had the tigers jumping through hoops. And WWE has, like, gone all in. I mean, like, the internet wrestling community, if you want to draw the parallel, has been begging for more acrobats and clowns (laughs) and jumping tigers for the past 10 years. We finally got them. But now it's like, especially with someone like Braun getting hurt, there's a real real absence of elephants. And I I hope that it doesn't... I mean, I don't think there's any way WWE is going to go out of business anytime soon. But but the company really does need the the counterbalance of... The giants, whether they be literal giants like Braun or guys like Jinder Mahal, who just look like wrestlers, to pro wrestlers, to casual fans. Well, let's go back to you know the end of the quote unquote steroid era and and the period, I guess you could say, from Hogan leaving after King of the Ring '94, I believe, uh, to you know the Attitude Era. That was some of the worst business WWE had ever done, and it you could say it was just Vince in the writing being terrible. Uh, or you could say that, well, you know, you've got these guys like Bastion Booger coming out and they're just like not compelling to look at when you compare that guy and that figure to Dino Bravo 
or to Hercules Hernandez or any of these guys who got over just because of their physique in some way. Um, and so you, wrestling is on some level about the body and about physiques and about larger than life uh, figures. I will say b- before we get off the gender subject, uh, I I I don't. I'm not going to go too deep on these like theories about what happened to genders, genders. Uh, what would what, what turn him into like a, a living Adonis in the span of a few months? Um, and and I don't have any problem. I mean, these guys are. I mean, it's like people. Is our people people shouldn't complain about wrestlers doing whatever they do to stay in shape any more than they complain about Sylvester Stallone doing it or whatever. Right. You know, I mean, this is their job as long as they're doing it safely. Right. But- it's, and it's, 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 it's greatly exaggerated the, how much harm it does to your body compared to something like oxycontin or, or Percocet, you know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. And, the, and but, but I just think for WWE, I, like, I just hope that the dudes in the back aren't, aren't getting the impression, aren't, I mean, and they must be saying like what happened to gender in such a short period of time, both like physically and then the push that he got. That's it. It's like the it's I I, I know I'm like I, I'm like a, I'm like a cranky old senator complaining about <laughs> Barry Bond or to Mark McGuire doing steroids and, and influencing the kids. But it does take all kinds. Gender's for now filling a, filling a spot. I don't I don't I, I would be really upset if there were if if the roster got more muscly than it is. I, I'm sure it won't. I think this is a very unique situation where the stars aligned in his favor from a business perspective yeah. and a creative perspective that they're really, they don't have a lot of plans right now. And you can tell that the the big money feuds for smart marks and, and internet fans, hardcore fans, are not going to be resolved until SummerSlam or WrestleMania. So we're just going to continue to putter along from show to show until there's some creative momentum. Yeah. Dan, any closing words on gender? You know, if they, if they start taking steroids in the back, you know, I mean, they better watch out. I mean, you know, the federal government may investigate. Uh-oh, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. This time they do not have to worry about the federal government investigating them for steroids. That will not be a problem. So yeah. uh, Jeff Sessions may try to arrest, like, Rob Van Dam at some point. That's about it. <laughs> um, All so, right. Well, um, changing the subject entirely, uh, the, the pre- prior to backlash, you're like, I hate wrestling. We're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> changing the subject entirely. Um, well, uh, let's talk. Let's finish talking about backlash. Was there anything else that happened on uh, on Sunday that 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 bears mention? Obviously, there's Nakamura and Ziggler and uh, and and Kevin Owens versus AJ were to were to me the the big standouts. But with both of them... I didn't think either one was that great. Yeah. Here's the thing. I really enjoyed Owens AJ, but it's impossible to watch an AJ, an AJ Styles, the first match in a big AJ Styles feud without the sort of feeling that you're, you're just biding time till match two and match three when they become legendary. Yeah, there's, there's a, an element of feeling each other out. There's an element of we don't really want to blow our wad on a TV match. Lots of headlocks. Um, in general... I've sort of noticed more and more the the level of of, of slowness to Kevin Owens matches, um, and I'm not always enjoying it. I love Kevin Owens, don't get me wrong, Internet, but uh, you know, on a long Monday Night Raw episode, 
I don't know if I just want to see the grinding pace that he brings Smackdown. to a wrestling match. No, but I, yeah, you're right. He's not. He's not on <laughs> Raw anymore. <laughs> Lord. No, no. I, I I think there's something to that. Although I really enjoyed the tag match that was on SmackDown. Um, Dan, do, did you? you I mean, I, I love Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, but I I don't think he's a guy who can. You know, I think he's got to be with the right opponent. You know, I, I did after watching that match. I had I had a moment where I'm like. Is John Cena the best, like, of, like, all time? <laughs> like, I had a moment where I was like, John Cena has by far had, like, besides, I mean, look, like, besides uh, the Sami Zayn match with Kevin Owens, which they weren't for years and years, but has by far probably had the best match with both of those dudes in WWE. And, like, I'm like, that guy just, uh, he's, he's like one of the best wrestlers on the planet, you know? Like he, he just is able to do like make everything seem important. Yeah, and he but gets, maybe he gets because heat. Of John Cena. Yeah, I mean he's got he, it's 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 reps. I mean for a lot of it, there's he there are certainly things that he does better than Kevin Owens. And and I but I think that I mean if you if it were up to me, I think that like the little things that Kevin Owens brings outweighs all the stuff that that John Cena brings. But but I think that I mean it's a real it's I mean, a I real think argument. They're both terrific, you know. Yeah, um, they're, they're both terrific. I mean, I just think it was a weird, you know. Look, I I, I think it was just two great guys who had like a weird match, um, and it and you know like like I, I think it's true what you were saying that second or third match, uh, I expect them to have a really good match. But I think a lot of that too is the story just wasn't built. I still don't know what the story was before this. The sport story was I'm the best indie guy. No, you're the best. And then that whole Face of America thing, the Dean. Like I don't think it's the, you know obviously guys, those guys can both do incredible moves in the ring and and they can go and they don't get gassed and they're both really I think they're both good promos under the right circumstances they both have a great look but I, I think the whole face of America thing with Kevin Owens doesn't make any sense like this why why do a generic heel heel when first of all you have gender which that that's the xenophobic thing doesn't make sense so you have a guy who has clearly shown that he can do a ton of different angles where you don't have to lean on I'm a Canadian. So why are you doing that? And then number two, like, like what's the story with him and AJ leading up to this match? I don't know what the story was. Like, I, I really, mean, into, I, I don't get it. I, I don't think you're totally wrong. They got into a lot of fights and, and you know, it was mostly, it was mostly just, I think it was kind of calling the shot for SmackDown after the, after the, the, the superstar shakeup where they were just like, like we're not going to waste any time. We're going to put these two guys together, and just because, I mean, the star, the you know, their level of star power was down. They just went all in on kind of like the biggest feud that they had. Right. Um, it's a yeah. holding pattern for both of these shows, and so the the creative just isn't there to make Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles as important as it should be. And the calendar doesn't work in their favor either. No. With the, you know, all the pay per views and whatever. But is else. there is there any element and just some story that we can? You know, like that we can do that something that makes sense about. You know, I, I also think it's really detrimental again that we have AJ who never really made a full face turn. They had that thing with Shane, um, and then he had you know like that, that almost hit, but that's not for me a full face turn. And you know, on the Raw roster, you had the same thing with Seth Rollins where he never really made a full face turn, and all of a sudden just a face. Just bad storytelling. That's all. I I I go back and forth on this. I'm not gonna. I can't take it. I can't take like a hard stance. I think that I actually think that AJ's fine. I mean, he's not. He's not a. He's not a babyface. But it's they're gonna let him get cheers and 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 um and you know he's obviously tag tagging with Nakamura um on the kind of the babyface side of the main event. I mean, 
let's setting aside what happened on at, at Backlash, um, and I thought Ziggler Nakamura not so not setting it aside. Ziggler Nakamura, you could say a lot of the same stuff. It was a lot of it was a feeling out sort of match, but I thought you know there was a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, but setting that stuff aside, how crazy is it that like AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura are like our babyface standard bearers on <laughs> SmackDown right now? It's everything everybody always wanted, you know. It's the it's a, an, it's a show that gives you as the smart fan, the indie wrestling fan, two of the biggest names in in Japanese wrestling history. What is there to complain about with Jinder Mahal? Like you're not paying attention to how much awesome stuff is going on on WWE programming, even if the writing isn't quite there and the, it it feels inessential. It's still the best roster WWE has ever put together in its history, period. Oh, yeah. When you think about the number of guys yeah. who can put on five-star matches and do incredible things in the ring <laughs> on one roster. I was, I was watching, um, I was watching uh, the Royal Rumble 1989 this weekend, mostly because I really wanted to, uh, to show my girlfriend and her son the super pose down. <laughs> like if you haven't seen that, then what kind of wrestling fan are you? <laughs> I but do then, love that match. But, but then we watched the the Rumble itself, and yeah, the 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 talking about the depth and the and the talent of the roster. I mean, geez, there was I mean the the there were some real high points that were really fun to watch. Watching you know Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels at the very very beginning of their of their WWE career. Well, more or less for the Rockers, the beginning of their career, going at it. Um, you know, there are those moments where you like you get really excited as like a wrestling nerd, but like, oh man, Macho Man Hogan. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of talent on the WWE roster and the incredible depth of the roster, we have to touch on NXT Takeover. Yes. Um, there was going into Sunday. I mean, going into Saturday. I think we probably talked last week. This it was a sort of empty. There, there was a sort of hollow feel to this card. It certainly didn't have the, it it didn't have the the you know the built-in hype of some of the big takeovers in years in well years past, couple of years past. Um, but you know there was a sort of I heard I saw a lot of people saying in the in the past week that that Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate was going to steal the show, and boy golly did it! I mean that was a hell of a match. Oh, what a what a match. Um, Bobby, uh, I'll just, I mean, quickly over the top, uh, you know, it's it's still it may, even more so than Nakamura, AJ Styles, seeing Roddy Strong go over in in any in any under any form under the WWE banner for some reason is the weirdest thing to me. I love I, I love him, and he, and he's one of these guys that looks better in a WWE ring than I ever thought he would. Um, uh, Ashka looked great. Uh, I mean. David, it's Oscar. Why do I keep saying Oscar? I don't know. Oscar. It's, it's, it's a fun word to say. It's my, it's my lisp. Uh, Bobby <laughs> Roode and Hideo Tommy, I think a little bit of a letdown for like all of the smart hopes, but like it was good for what it was. And then the Authors of Pain DIY match was um, really was epic. You know, I mean, if there's no other word for it, it was exactly what that match should have been. And you know, full spoiler alert. Fast forward uh, two minutes right now. <laughs> if for some reason, you haven't watched the show. I don't know yet. why you'd even ca- like. No one who who has watched who, who hasn't watched NXT Takeover Chicago that like desperately doesn't want wants to avoid spoilers. I don't know, but they'll tweet us. Yeah. Um, 
man, Gargano turning on, Ch- I mean, Ciampa turning on Gargano at the end was just, I mean, one of the best, one of the best tag, t- like heel turn, you know, intra tag team heel turns that I can remember. Did you know it was coming? Uh, no, no. Because there was um, an issue where the person who is writing the new theme song for, Gar- I forget if it's Gargano or Ciampa, tweeted that they're writing the song and then deleted the tweet like an hour, three hours or whatever after it got out that this was happening, that one of them was getting a new theme song. So then that created the speculation that, oh, there's going to be a heel turn at the pay-per-view. Thankfully, I missed it. The great thing about NXT is that it's just so freaking earnest that I, yeah. if that had been a WWE pay-per-view and we're, and the cameras are lingering on the, the, the baby faces who just lost in the main event for a long time as they exit, I would have been like, oh, he'll, he'll turn on the way. No question about it. And then I would have been disappointed because it probably wouldn't have been healed. But NXT is just so earnest that I was just like, yep, we're just giving these guys their due. They had a great match. They had a great run, you know, in the, the get, holding the belts, losing the belts, whatever. This has been a wonderful storyline. This all we're doing is just applauding them, and so the heel turn just hit me so much harder than it would have on any other show. Yeah, it's it's definitely as you said, earnest, and it creates more emotion, like you said, when you actually have some sort of connection to what's happening. When it feels like you're a part of a special club when you watch NXT, and that's what fans of the brand respond to more than anything besides the excellent wrestling is that it captures the feeling that PWG has in a certain sense. It's not the same as PWG, but it it captures that and and Ring of Honor and that feeling that you are somewhere special and that you are in an environment with like-minded individuals, that you like something that not everyone else likes. And that is the genius of Triple H creating NXT, yeah. is that it, it's just a little bit of whatever made ECW work. It's not obviously people throwing barbed wire bats at each other and, and dropping people through flaming tables, but it is that club aspect. Yeah, it's really great. Dan, yeah, that, that, that turn at the end was one of the best turns I've ever seen. Um, just the psychology behind it. You know, I was comparing it to other turns. You know, like, it's maybe one of my favorite wrestling turns ever. So I was comparing it to, like, you know, like, quintessential wrestling turns, like, you know, uh, thrown to the barber shop, which is great, but that was, like, you know, that was built up for a while, and you kind of knew it was going to happen. They'd argued the whole time. So, like, the whole thing was, like, I'm arrogant, you're holding me down. Uh, the Seth Rollins turn was also great. It was more of, like, a Machiavellian type of turn. And this one, which was uh, I, this, on... Uh, uh, for DIY and, and uh, you know like just the shock on Gargano's face as his partner and, and just you know Tampa just having that like like psychotic like look like more of like you know it was very similar his facial expressions were similar to if you ever there's a there's a video online where Saturn um, actually goes nuts in the ring and beats the shit of a guy for real because he like the guy drops on his head accidentally yeah I'm very familiar um, with this and, yeah, and it's it's similar to the look he had, where it's just like this crazy snapped look that was like realistic. It wasn't like cra- like Psycho Sid crazy snap. It was just like oh, like something's not here. And and also, what was awesome is watching the audience get really upset. You know that the tag team was getting broken up with, very upset. But then also like the layer on top of it, like 
you saw somebody get upset, but then you saw them like start to laugh and clap because they're like, they're also like, wow, this was handled so well. <laughs> it was like the ultimate watching a wrestling smart like getting, and then something is the beginning. They're like, holy, sh- I can't believe this happened, and then like loving it because they're like, oh my god, I can't believe you got me to say I can't believe this happened. Yeah, that sort of happened with the festival of friendship angle too. Is that we knew it was going to happen at some point, but we didn't know how it was going to happen, and we were shocked that it happened so well. Yeah, I mean, we, yes. it was like the third time they had done a festival friendship type thing, obviously to lesser degrees or whatever. There, there had been enough moments where you thought the heel turn was coming that it didn't. This was a different thing just because it was kind of out of left field. I mean, Dan, you're absolutely right about the rocker split up. It's, it is, ju- it is, it is, uh, you know, appropriately praised as one of the great turns in history and one of the great moment, you know, heel turn moments in history. But you know. It's often overlooked that Shawn Michaels was like already wearing like the leather a, a jacket. leather jacket yeah. without a shirt on underneath in the interview. Like he was he was in his heel outfit already, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean it, 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 that was. Sort of, you got to start wearing a leather jacket without a shirt on. I mean, doesn't like, doesn't Kazee do that already? Ringer. Doesn't Kazee do that already? Dan? <laughs> that's every that's every Kazee headshot. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's the best. Dad, put a shirt on. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was. I, I just thought it was really well done, and the and the you know the only thing I would say is like let's not let that overshadow the match they had and the series of matches that they've had the whole run they've had together, obviously. But that match on on Saturday was really spectacular, and thank goodness Johnny Gargano didn't uh, didn't decapitate himself on that jump off the top of the ladder oh boy. splash. I mean, he oh got he got a lot of attention for that. It was about you know two degrees, uh, you know. Two degrees more dangerous, a mere two degrees more dangerous than Champa's dive, but it looked pretty crazy. It was a weekend for almost dying because Randy Orton threw one of the Singh brothers onto his head. Oh, how did we not talk about that? The greatest gif of all time is Randy Orton's reaction <laughs> to throwing the Singh brother. I mean, and just acknowledging it in real time. If you want to make a case, as Dan does, that Randy Orton is a terrible wrestler, um, him, him, yeah. him, him breaking scene at that moment was my, you know, is definitely on the evidence. I never said he was terrible. I just said he sucked. You know. <laughs> okay, it's totally fine. <laughs> Before we get to Twitter questions, do you want to? Does anybody want to praise Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate? It was an incredible match. It goes to show that if wrestlers with talent are given the freedom to express themselves outside of the structure and put in place by WWE, they can do amazing things. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, but they also, those two guys, clearly knew that they had to set the house on fire. It was their first big match in an arena of that size in America. It's a, it's a pay-per-view, even though it's, you know, it's NXT. It's still a big card. They, they were in the perfect position to do what they did. And it was, it was outrageous. It was six stars in the Tokyo Dome, baby. Yeah, I wonder what Vince McMahon. I wonder if Vince McMahon watches NXT and then what his reaction is. I mean, if we just want to go totally on the conspiracy theories, you know that he probably saw you know, Jinder Mahal walked in and took his shirt off three months ago, and Vince McMahon was like, "Give this guy a push," you know, like whatever. Um, then I wonder what he what he what goes through his mind when he sees you know the bruiser weight out there is just like eight inches shorter than Vince, you know, or whatever. Like, I, I don't think he watches it. Yeah. I don't think he has the time or inclination. I was I was uh, doing I was just on a crazy rabbit hole and rewatched the this weekend and watched rewatched the the infamous I don't know how many people even talk about this anymore but the there was a dude named Hade Vanson 
Does anyone recognize this name? He appeared, he had one promo video on SmackDown uh, in, two, in 2000, let me pull it up, 2008, where they're basically like setting him up as the Undertaker's new foe that, and the feud was gonna last all the, like six months to WrestleMania. Freddie Prince Jr. came up with the storyline. Oh, I and, vaguely and he remember was, he was totally set up. Okay. And then the rumor is that Vince saw him backstage. He was like five foot ten generously and in you know pretty good shape. He was just like a he, but he had a great look, a great face, and he was a great talker. He's British, and uh, and Vince was just like pull the plug, you know, whenever this guy this guy could never take on Taker, <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, I just but it's it's just it's it's amazing how much the company's changed and continues to change. So you know. Um, it's and God, if you were an indie guy, wouldn't you just wear like platform shoes all around all the time around Vince? Just like, well, I mean, don't they yeah. already <laughs> in their boots? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just bring whatever. No, I mean, just backstage. Whatever, whatever box that they have Finn Balor stand on during interviews, you should just bring that into Vince's office whenever you have meetings, and just you know, just try to look taller. <laughs> um, all right, uh, we gotta we gotta get out of here. Yeah. Because the great Joe Fuentes, our producer, has to come in here and like test some microphones or something like that. Can I uh, do one Twitter question here that I think is hilarious to me? Yeah, go for it, man. At Dave Mendez asks, why does David Shoemaker open the show with an impression of Vince McMahon? Um, because when I just say welcome with my regular voice, I'm afraid people won't even realize a podcast is starting. <laughs> welcome to... The Masked Man Show. If, if I, I'm terrible at impressions, but if I if I could do more impressions, if I could do impressions well, I would do more of them. Sure. Is there any more questions? No one's no one's we, knocking we, on the door yet. We literally have to get out of here. Oh, we do. Yeah. Can I just to give a quick plug? Yeah. Uh, I'm at the Turnbuckle Comedy and Music Festival this weekend at the Codfish Howl Bar and Macaquita, Iowa. Jesus. But it's going to be a bar and burner because we're doing comedy in a bar. Wow. That's really awesome. Is it wrestling related? It is. It's half wrestling and then half stand up. So it's 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 uh and and it's it's going to be some crazy uh some cra- some craziness. A lot of indie wrestling and then also like people like I'll be performing but also so will uh Kyle Kinane and uh Nick Thune and Alan Strickland Williams uh who and uh Steven Brody Stevens, so it's going to be fun. Jeez, man. I I'm wonder huge, if I can get a plane ticket. I am a huge Alan Strickland Williams fan. Yeah, come on. So tell Alan I said hi. <laughs> I will. Um, I promise. Thank and you. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys again. Yeah, yeah likewise. Back in town. This is going to be awesome. Uh, Dave, anything to plug? Uh, I just wrote a piece about the Golden State Warriors being dirty uh, on BleacherReport.com. And always tweet at us at Masked Man Show on Twitter and write a review. Tell us how much you love the show. Don't tell us you hate the show because we know you don't. That would be a lie. Um, and uh, as always, thanks to... Uh, Jumpin' Jim Cunningham, our producer. Uh, apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. And apologies to the roster of WWE Monday Night Raw, who didn't get a single mention, I don't think, on this uh, on, on this episode of The Masked Man Show. You I said f- Finn Balor one time. Oh, that's true. I feel I feel pretty good about that. But thank God we uh, we they had a club match, uh, even without having built it up uh, ever. <laughs> yeah, 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 whoops. They did so I'm they, glad that WWE shot their load on that. At least they mentioned that they, they, they like acknowledged the backstory. Um, the WWE, the, the, so crazy. The New Japan WWE's like internal consistency with New Japan is better than their own internal consistency. By the way, like they actually acknowledge those things happen. Um, yeah, that that that's it. We'll be back next week with a whole lot of raw talk. Uh, check out that video on on the Ringer's YouTube page, Humanoids.
Today's episode of The Masked Man Show was brought to you by the newest addition to the Ringer Podcast Network, Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. So far, he's had on Senator Bernie Sanders, TV legend Norman Lear, and this week he will be joined by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.